All right, gals and pals, game on. It's time for the Sports Gal Pal Podcast, where we help gals and their pals come together over sports. Don't hate the game, love the game, or at least find out why he loves it so much. Now your host, the Sports Gal Pal herself, Ramona Rice. Well, hey there, Galpal Nation. Welcome to another episode of the Sports Galpal Podcast, where we help you understand what the sports fans in your life scream at the TV during a game. I'm your host, Ramona Rice. You can connect with me on Twitter at SportsGalpal and, of course, on SportsGalpal.com. So what did I learn this week? I do not like it, and I am against my husband. So this past weekend was the home opener at my beloved University of Virginia, Go Hoos. We, of course, hosted the... Um, very impressive Notre Dame. Let me tell you, um, I've never seen Notre Dame live. First off, their helmets are just as shiny as um, you expect. They are very, very sparkly and they are very, very good. But what was really surprising is that my team competed. They competed well. Um, so much so that we came literally a play away from beating the number nine team in the country. Um, which is really bittersweet. And I've had a couple of days to think about it and I'm still kind of ugh, upset. And only because, you know, with Virginia, we've, we've done this before where we've gotten really close to winning and then the don't. Um, you know, looking back at the game, there wasn't really anything else we could have done better other than some better coverage of defense. And, you know, I mean, hopefully we learn from this and we move on and we beat women and marry this week. But what I really learned this week was is that I like it when my husband and I are on the same team, <laughs> and we were not this week. He's been a Notre Dame fan since really, really when he was young, and he, for the last several years, um, not has abandoned his Notre Dame fandom, but he doesn't get to watch as many games because we're at so many UVA games, and he does that because he loves me, and he wears the orange and blue, and he sings good old song, and he screams at the ref just like I do, and, and it's fun, and you know, I talk about that, how much fun we have going to games. Well, this week, um, he was a Notre Dame fan. I didn't even let him use our regular season tickets. We had bought extra tickets because we had several friends that came with us. And so I made him sit with those people, um, <laughs> the Notre Dame people. And so my little sister and I got to hang out together, which, which was fun. But I didn't even let him sit in the regular section. So all the people that normally sit with us, when they saw him, they were like, what is he wearing? I'm like, I know. I'm very ashamed. And so he sat there, you know, in the other section. And if you go on sportsgalpal.com, I'll, ha- I'll have pictures in the show notes and also on blogtalkradio.com forward slash sportsgalpal. And he's sitting there and he had a good time. But, you know, he kept looking at me as, you know, Virginia kept coming back and, and was leading. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm going to beat him. I'm going to have this thing over his head. And it's going to be awesome. And then the last, you know... Lily, with 12 seconds left, you know, Notre Dame scored an amazing touchdown. And I was like, son of a gun. Well, I said something else, but I'm trying to keep the podcast clean. And my heart was broken. My heart was broken because, you know, literally the entire day I shunned my husband. Um, I didn't really acknowledge him. I didn't really talk to him. I was a real kind of mm, witch. Um, But I think he liked that. I, you know, not that I was mean to him, overly mean. I mean, I still love him, obviously. You know, I didn't divorce him over this. That's so silly. But, you know, I, I feel like it was the first time ever that our two separate fandoms kind of collided. We, we've never really liked the same teams, but we've always, you know, never had to really deal with each other. You know, he's a Raiders fan. I'm an Eagles fan. You know, other than the 1980 Super Bowl, which I wasn't even, I was still like, in my mom, you know, because I was born in 1980, and my husband was like not even two, so neither one of us remember that. And really, you know, Raiders don't play Eagles that often. And again, my heart, you know, if they were a super fan show, like next fan up that I just did all those two a day previews for for college football, I would absolutely be the UVA super fan. I would be a homer, crazy person, ready to go. And I think there's the difference. I think that because it matters so much more, I was more hurt that he was cheering for Notre Dame. And I knew he was going to be cheering for Notre Dame. But what really set me off was the day before he pops by my office to drop something um, the Friday before, and he's wearing his UVA shirt. And I'm like, what are you doing? Um, I even videotaped it, if you can find it on Facebook. Um, it's I think it's on my private. I'll post it on Sports Pals Facebook page. And he's wearing a UVA shirt. And I'm like, what, what, what are you wearing? He goes, my UVA shirt. I'm like, you can't wear that today. You're cheering for the other team tomorrow. He goes, I can like both of them. And I'm like, not tomorrow. It's not possible. And because... Just I don't like wishy-washy. Like pick a team, stick with that team. Like enjoy that team. Like be part of that team. Um, and I'm a big believer of that with college sports. That if you choose to align yourself with the college, 
then you need to love that college for everything. You don't get to pick, well, I like this college for basketball and I like this college for football. No, pick a college and cheer for that college. So you know how much more fun my life would be if I could just pick UVA for basketball right now? That my, my, my enjoyment of college football would probably be so much better, but I can't do that. I graduated from a school. I'm going to cheer for that school. Even if you didn't graduate from the school, if you've picked a school that you like, cheer for that school. Don't be wishy-washy. So, or don't have a wife who's crazy. I don't know many men who don't have wives that are crazy. If you don't have a crazy wife, you can email me and we can talk about it. If you do, I'm sorry. You need to continue listening because really, you know, I'm starting to realize in this whole podcasting thing that I haven't really been talking to wives too much. I'm talking to a lot of husbands and boyfriends. It's, it's kind of fun to see that I have so many male listeners listening to this whole like crazy fan thing. But, you know, I wonder how many people expect me as I got married to change my to my husband's team. It's not going to happen. I, I'm not rooting for any of his teams because I have my own teams that I root for. What's funny is that he's so casual about it with the kids that the kids have quickly become Eagles and UVA fans. My daughter and I were, were cooking food for the tailgate the night before. She started singing Good Old Song just by herself. And I was like, oh my gosh, my heart bursted open. I was like, it's working. The indoctrination of the tiny humans is working. So you know, be careful if you leave your wives alone with your children, men. And, um, she likes another team cause she's, we're sneaky and we're going to, um, you know, indoctrinate them in the ways, but our marriage did survive. I was very nice to him on Sunday. Um, so yes. So anyway, we survived that and we'll both be wearing orange and blue as we face William and Mary. Dear God, let us beat William and Mary. So, so what I learned this week was, is that, even when we're not on the same team, my husband is awesome and loves me and I am not an awesome person and I need to work on that. I need to work on being less selfish and supporting him in some of his endeavors, even if that means that maybe some of mine aren't as supported as enough. I could, I could have been nicer to him. I, I really could have, um, you know, and again, that day was a little bit bittersweet because our good friend Matt was supposed to be there. So, and I knew that we did a toast and we drank lots of fireball. I drank things out of mason jars that I probably shouldn't have. So it was a good time. Anyway, this episode this week, let me tell you, um, have you heard of a guy called Pat Flynn? He um, likes to take Delo- perfectly good DeLoreans and drive them through hotel um, ballrooms. He probably has one of the best business podcasts. Actually, he does. It was voted on by the Academy of Podcasters this year. Best bus- business podcast. It's called Smart Passive Income. And I had the pleasure of meeting him at New Media Expo. And I had no clue who he was. So I asked him to take this like little stuffed doll my daughter had given me. And, put- and he put it on top of his head and I took a picture. I had no clue how famous he is, how ridiculously successful he is. And I had no clue when I decided to ask him to come into the podcast because I said, hey, you want to talk about sports? You never get to. And he goes, yeah, I'd love to talk about sports. I had no idea he was actually an athlete himself. So to all the people who are big uh, fans of Pat Flynn, you're going to love this. If you don't know who this guy is, check him out at smartpassiveincome.com. His story is absolutely fantastic. The way he does business is so different than anybody else. And I just love him because he's just so chill and cool. And he's just, when you meet him in person, because I've had lunch with him at uh, Podcast Movement, he's so approachable. Even though he's one of like the most successful people you will ever meet, you have no idea other than his clothes are really good. And he talks about why, not on this podcast, but if you look up his new Media Expo speech, he talks about why he dresses so well. Trunk Club. You can sponsor my show anytime, Trunk Club, by the way. I'm giving you free props. So without further ado, here comes the one and only Pat Flynn. All right, gals and pals. I have the biggest treat for you today. So you know that I am all about talking about fan stories to get other non-sports fans really to understand why those of us who love and appreciate sports and athletes are just plain crazy. So I went to Podcast Movement a couple of months ago, and I strategically stalked my guest today. He is, of course way super famous in podcasting. But the funny thing is I actually met him in April and it was because I sat under his elbow that I have my podcast today. It's a true story. Um, He was having dinner at the same restaurant I was with Jordan Harbinger from the Art of Charm podcast. And my table with Mark Asquith and Matt Lowell was happened to be under his. And it was the day before he decided to drive a perfectly good DeLorean through a but Las Vegas ballroom. You can't make this up. But I have the one and only, the host of Smart Passive Income, Pat Flynn, is on with me today. Pat, welcome to Sports Gal Pal. What up? I'm so happy to be here. I'm so excited to talk sports with you. 
Yeah, because you never get to talk about sports in your podcast. No, and not even much in life anymore because I, you know, I used to work a nine to five job in the architecture world and I would talk sports all the time. We would talk about the previous games or what happened over the weekend during water cooler talk. And now that I work from home, I don't get that anymore. So I'm super stoked to be here. Yeah, that's interesting. It's kind of, you know, one of the few kind of disadvantages of being your own kind of solopreneur. Very true. Very true. But there aren't too many disadvantages. So you should totally uh, check out this podcast. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, Working from nice. home is awesome. <laughs> it's nice. Very nice. All right. I like to start every interview with this question. How did you get into sports? Well, I think, you know, my dad used to watch a lot of sports and I just want to do whatever he did. You know, so he'd watch college football games on the weekends and I didn't know what was going on. And this is I'm talking back when I was two, three, four years old. Some of my earliest memories are with my father watching sports on TV. You know, he's why he'd been watching basketball and, and even golf and all that sort of stuff. So I was always into sports in general. And then when I was five, my parents put me into soccer and I started playing soccer and I had played soccer for the next 25 years straight. Uh, so I was always a very competitive person, you know, all the way from the start. And then I got into baseball a lot when I was young too. And then I, I was a pitcher for a while for my T-ball league or not T-ball, but pitcher for T-ball. That doesn't really say much, does it? Uh, but I mean, for the, for the, for the pitch league and, um, I've just, I've just been always into sports there, but then I really got into following sports. I was never really into, you know, watching a whole season of basketball and following a team or any of that stuff. Not really until, college when I went to the University of California at Berkeley and I was in the marching band and I just fell in love with college football and I had watched every single game that Cal played I almost went to every single game including away games except for my freshman year uh, to, to follow the team and I've just been a big fan ever since and since then I've uh, gotten into college basketball as well following Cal and then I got really into following the Chargers here at home in San Diego and, you know, it's interesting. There's a lot of similarities between Cal sports and San Diego sports where, you know, you have your hopes up high and then they just get taken away from you. <laughs> you know, I was talking to you. I just finished this um, crazy podcast series where I did 30 mini podcast episodes in like three weeks. I don't recommend that's that, cool. by the way. That was that's exhausting. Um, but uh, it was each person. Yeah, and there's this other podcast on Blog Talk Radio called Next Fan Up. And it's all these guys, 32 of them, who talk about their specific team. And it's interesting because the Chargers super fan was kind of like you saying they have so much talent. And then it just feels like we get disappointed every year. And I think a lot of sports fans are like that, where you lay out this plan and you've got all these pieces and parts. And then it just seems like either something happens or injury or just, I don't know, it just implodes. Yeah, I mean, there's always something that happens, but that's what also makes it exciting because every once in a while something amazing does happen and it just makes it all the worth, all, all that agony from before, just it makes it completely worthwhile once you end up winning or, you know, getting into a championship game. It, it just, it just be, you know, it's it's much more than just watching sports. You know, it's it becomes a lifestyle. It becomes, uh, you know, you're rooting for, for this team and you almost feel like you're a part of it yourself. And so that's why you scream louder at the television or in the crowd. Definitely. And especially you were in marching band. What did you play? I played the trumpet. And then my fifth year, and fun fact, I actually stayed in the marching band uh, one more year by taking one course in landscape architecture, just so I can be the band one more year and follow the team and, and all that stuff. And uh, sort of like Matt Leitner, USC, taking ballet just to stay for the fifth <laughs> year. Uh, that, that's what I did in marching band. But it was well worth it because I was a student director that fifth year, and I had gotten to get on a committee where I talked with a lot of high up people who were related to the football team to talk about coordinating halftime shows and all that sort of stuff. It was really, really fun. And it was a, de definitely a good move for me to take one class to stay in the band one more year. That sounds awesome. Plus the marching band, they, you guys get like the best seats. You really do. We do. And like, it, it's just really cool to be a part of the game too. And, um, you know, the football team supports us. And the cool thing about Cal and their marching band is everybody loves the Cal marching band. You know, some colleges and especially in high school, nobody really cares about the band members except the other band members or the, or the booster parents. But it, at Cal, it was really interesting because my very first game uh, I remember we played, I think it was Illinois, and we lost. This was 2001. But it was so cool to get people coming up to us afterwards. Like I was, I remember walking home with my trumpet case, and uh, some girl came up to me and was like, hey, are you in the marching band? I was like, oh, God, like, could this be any worse? Like, we lost the game. There's a girl, like, who's probably like, oh, you're some nerd who plays the trumpet. And she came up to me, and she's like, you guys are really good. And I was like, oh. 
no way, this band is so awesome. <laughs> and so, you know, the, the, the Cal band's really cool, and they have really cool traditions. It's one of the only student-run marching bands left in the United States. And uh, it, it, it's, I mean, I think about it every day. It's some of my best uh, memories come from the marching band, for sure. That's awesome. I had no idea you were a marching band. I was in high school marching band for like two years, um, you know, and it was a ton of fun because, what did you, you know, play? I played clarinet. So oh, okay, we, I was a woodwind. Yeah, except back in the day, I don't know, maybe your marching band was different and you guys all got along, but we didn't like the um, horns very much. They were oh, like yeah. loud. No, it was like a lot of rivalries. You know, it's almost like sports. There's the there's the woodwinds versus the brass, but then there's like, you know, the tubas versus everybody else. And, you know, there's all this fun stuff that happens. Yeah. And speaking of rivalry, so obviously your big college rival is Stanford, um, who <laughs> I know I don't want to bring it up, but they, they had a terrible uh, game the other day. <laughs> yeah. I hope you enjoyed that. No, I did. I always do. <laughs> See, I like that you admit it. I like that you admit it because uh, my big rival, I went to the University of Virginia, our big in-state rival is Virginia Tech, and they just totally lost themselves against Ohio State. And I enjoyed that immensely. Um, <laughs> didn't enjoy seeing their quarterback go down. That's never good. No. Um, but other than that, I'm perfectly okay with them losing every day, any day, all day. No problem. Right, right. We were kind of brainwashed in the band, especially to just completely dislike Stanford. We never spell it the correct way. We always use a, a U instead of an O. And there's other letters <laughs> that go in there to make it not what it's supposed to be. But uh, it's it's something that is just ingrained in me to, to just totally dislike them. And, you know, I never wear red or I try not to wear red uh, on game days. And, you know, it gets down to that level yeah i know i never wear maroon their colors are orange and maroon like who who thought of that i don't know yeah, that's Someone, weird it's like a, it's gross darts at a and it's colored palette or something not only that but like their mascot they claim it's a hokey and it's really just an overstuffed turkey i mean turkey is great for thanksgiving to eat but not to cheer in football that's just a good right? life lesson kids and what is the cardinal just, for 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 a mascot right like a color you're a color or the the tree you know that's or, dumb or, no, no, no. or a tiny weird. bird a tiny bird. Yeah. Yes. Yes, exactly. Um, but you're also a San Diego Chargers fan. Um, and we talked about this a little bit off air that they may be moving. And you mm. kind of went the, <laughs> like all Chargers fans do. You, you don't seem too happy about this, Pat. No, I mean, okay, San Diego. Chargers is really all we got. I mean, we have the San Diego Padres for baseball too, but they're just, they've just been a huge disappointment. I mean, they're a little bit better this year than, than normal if you look at their record, it's just not saying much at all anyway. But the Chargers is is really our lifeblood here in San Diego. We don't have a basketball team. We don't have a hockey team. It's just that's all we have. And to, to lose them would be, you know, completely detrimental. And, you know, it could go either way. We could build a new stadium and have them for much longer or they could move. And, you know, there were rumors of them going uh, to L.A. And, and other places. It's just it's just not good. I mean, everybody here is concerned for sure. I don't understand why, um, and for a lot of my listeners who may not know the story, there, there are three teams up for possibly moving to L.A. L.A. is going to get a stadium. I mean, L.A. is going to get a team. So L.A. used to have the Los Angeles Rams, and now Rams, they're the St. Right. Louis Rams. And then Oakland, Oakland wants Raiders. Oakland to go to Oakland Raiders or Los Angeles Raiders. So if you just saw that straight out of Compton movie, that was during that time. <laughs> Yep. Um, just to give you some perspective. And then I don't know where San Diego came up as an idea to move. I mean, personally, I wouldn't want to move from San Diego because it, it seems, at least the pictures I see on your Instagram feed, it seems really nice and sunny all the time. Um, you know, yeah, kind of going, it kind of is. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm just going, why? Because it's less crowded and dirty. Um, yeah. I don't I mean, know. I don't know. I, I'm ne- because we're, close, we're close by and they were like, oh, it wouldn't cost as much to move in, in the relatively well, same the part thing- of the- the thing I don't get about it is they're considering moving both Oakland and San Diego to the same stadium. And I'm like, they're divisional rivals. So it's not like, um, so for example, in New York, the New York Jets and the New York Giants share a stadium, but that's okay. Cause they rarely play each other in season. I believe they're going to play each other this season right, because the divisions. NFC. Yeah. They're in totally different, like conferences and divisions. So it makes complete sense for them to share a stadium, but to have uh, two teams, who you know they're rivals to share that'd be like you sharing a stadium with stanford it's just it doesn't no, work be, it's just like, i mean that i mean from a from a spectator's point of view that could get a little kind of fun to to watch and see kind of how <laughs> you know the chargers do whatever to the raiders locker and vice versa but no i don't want them to move and yeah that would just be crazy uh let, let's keep them in san diego just let us hang on to something at least uh you are you do not hide this from your audience at all. You've got a lovely wife and two tiny humans. And, um, you know, how active are they into sports at all? 
Well, my son, he's starting to get really active, actually, and uh, he just started soccer last year, and I was very fortunate and, and blessed to be able to coach his team, too. So, like I said earlier, I played soccer for a while, and it's kind of cool to because some of my earliest memories are playing soccer, and now I'm coaching, and I be, am now able to be my son's earliest memories with, with sports and with soccer. And it's just really cool to see him grow. I mean, he was very, very timid at the beginning, too. A lot of the uh, – actually, everybody else on the team had played a year prior – but he was his, uh, in his rookie year, and he just grew so much. And he's now in his second year, and we're, I'm coaching again. Uh, and it's just so much to watch. I mean, it just it just makes Saturday all the more awesome. Uh, and you know, it's it's a little challenging too because you know I, I could be a little bit hard on him. I think, and you know, don't think it's like crazy hard. But you know, I I expect you know him to do really well, and when he doesn't, I I don't get upset, but I try to encourage him. And you know, we practice at home and guard and all those sorts of things too it's it's really fun and now he's starting to see some of his friends get into other sports like t-ball or even peewee football and he's he wants to explore some of those things as well and uh we're, we're just kind of letting him do what he he wants to do you know we're we, we don't want to be those parents who kind of put him in every single thing and ha- not have any time for rest or other player or education but uh we're, we're letting him decide where he wants to go now when you were playing soccer what position did you play I played right wing or right forward. Okay. So, yeah. So, I have a kid. Um, he's going to be nine. And he's all about goalie, like being the goalie. I'm like, That's so weird. cool. I love that. <laughs> Goalies are some of the most, I mean, obviously, they're important. But, you know, they're, they're, they're really important. But we don't even, it, it's really cool to me when a kid wants to be a goalie. And uh, when, when he or she can really understand that, you know, they are the last line of defense before that ball goes in the goal. It's, I think it's, it's um, it shows a lot about that person it's totally cool i thought honestly he picked it because he they get the cooler jersey because uh, they get to wear something different <laughs> right, because the, the i'm gonna do this one gloves. yeah <laughs> yeah i mean it looks it looks way cooler maybe because i dated a goalie in high school i don't know <laughs> maybe it just kind of like in vitro like hey you're gonna be a goalie yeah and then my daughter <laughs> totally like does not care like we put her in there and we even got her the pink cleats and the pink pink like you know shin guards uh, nothing just no, sit there and it's like nothing. no nothing dance no problem soccer she's like this is stupid mommy and i'm like okay when we well, tried because um, you're three. she just turned three and she's actually really good at soccer she's you know doing what is and she kicks the ball around and then to be honest she's actually quite more coordinated than he is so i think there's a lot of potential for her too See, same thing with my daughter, because he unfortunately inherited my eyeballs and I have terrible stigmatism. So <laughs> hand-eye coordination is awful. And I'm like, you want to be a goalie? What? Oh, whatever, Anderson. But, you know, with Addison, she's just naturally graceful. And I'm going, oh, my gosh, you're so good at this. It's just so strange. But she has no interest in it. So I'm like, as a mom, I'm going, I kind of want to push you to this, but I don't want to push too hard. It's kind of like that, you right. know, because you, you know mm-hmm. they'll be good at it and they'll enjoy it eventually. But you got to get them over the, ew, icky, I don't want to try that part. It's right, hard. right. It is hard. It is hard. I mean, our daughter's dance too, but she she's getting really into what her big brother's doing, and you know, on the sidelines, she's kicking the ball around and stuff. And you know, she she's really good. So, do you ever have you brought bought um brought either of your tiny humans to like a professional game or maybe like a Berkeley game? You know, to kind of experience that at this age. Yeah, but we're thinking this year that this is the year to go with with my son at least to a Charger game to give him the full experience of a pro football game. And you know, I didn't go to my first one until I was in college, and so to to, to introduce that to him early, I think would be really fun. Uh, there's also the Padre games, and Petco Park is amazing in downtown San Diego. It's one of the coolest baseball parks. I, I feel maybe I'm a little bit biased, but it's very kid friendly as well. There's a little outdoor. Um, or not outdoor, but uh, outfield playground that all the kids can watch from the outfield and all that stuff. And uh, you know, I think it'd be really cool to for him to get ex- excited about you know a pro game and hear the announcers and see the whole crowd there. I think I think it'd be really cool. So this this is the year for sure. Yeah, um, you know, it's interesting. We've brought we always bring our kids. We have season tickets to UVA football. I don't know why we have season tickets to UVA football because they're terrible. Like we just lost to UCLA this past weekend. It was it was a massacre. It was just awful. That's okay. Um, it's okay. I know. Um, we'll get a basketball starts November thirteenth. That's what I keep telling <laughs> myself. Right. That's what I always and- say. <laughs> when when yeah. Cal was terrible, we were like, yeah, basketball season's coming. But it Plus, was weird because like, they, they would always flip-flop. Like, when the football team was good, the basketball team was terrible. When the basketball team was good, the football team was terrible. 
that happens a lot. And I don't think sports fans realize that, that college, you know, college is a, a weird situation because it's not like, you know, pro teams where, you know, you just focus on one thing. College athletic departments have to focus on all these sports, you know, and, and when they include like Title IX, they've got to get that kind of these smaller mm-hmm. niche sports. Like, for example, I just um, interviewed the um, U.S. Women's National Wrestling Coach. And it's oh, very cool. interesting for him talking about that. Yeah, because they're right now in Las Vegas at their world championships. I mean, that's crazy that, that you know, you have no idea these sports go on, but these colleges have all of them. But we focus on basketball, we focus on football, and then a few times some people focus on baseball. And it just depends mm-hmm. on the school. So, you know, I think that it's it's interesting because, you know, you get a full athletic experience when a school does really well. Like, I don't know about your university. Mine does incredibly well in what we call preppy white people sports. Um, you know, the tennis is like we won the soccer national championship last year, men's tennis national championship, baseball. We won uh-huh. all those. But then football, which is like the known sport, nothing. Like, it's just, it's mm. dismal. Isn't that weird? You would think yeah. that we'd be able to figure it out. Right, right. Okay. Um- so... Yeah, we we had a good uh, rugby team. We actually had the the number one national rugby team for years, and we also have a great um, rowing team. I, I didn't even mention this. I don't even know if you know this, but I used to row. I was on the Cal lightweight team for a year and a half. Uh, wow! I, yeah, that which was a lot of fun. And and here's the interesting story about that. So I was on a Cal lightweight team, and I wasn't the strongest, but so I was on like the second or third boat all the time. And uh, you know, I was on a boat of eight. We were great. We we did okay. And then I was playing intramural soccer at the time as well. And I did a bicycle kick in one of the games and I completely missed the ball. I don't know what I was thinking. I landed on my back and then I started to cough up blood and I was just done with rowing. And my coach was super upset because I was taking these risks and I was messing with the the boat. Like my, my whole team couldn't row because there was eight of us and number eight was gone because his lungs were bleeding, but I had, I had punctured a, a, a blood vessel in my lung when I, when I had done that. But anyway, I still went to practice. I wanted to support the team and I'd be there to just, you know, do whatever I could. And then one day the women's lightweight team, they were all upset because their coxswain had quit. You know, the person on the boat who kind of yells like, go, 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 or, and, you know, coordinates all that. Uh, and Pat, do you want to coxswain the women's boat? And I was like, no, that's weird. Like no guy ever coxswains a women's boat. And usually the coxswain is the lightest person on the boat. And here I would be the heaviest person on the boat. It didn't make any sense, but they had no choice. So I went to cox their boat. And actually they, for some weird reason, ended up loving my style and doing what I was doing. Picked up all the commands just from being on a boat as a rower before. And we ended up officially entering four or five races and winning each and every one of them. Uh, and it was really, really cool because at the podium after when we would receive our medals, there'd be, you know, the first, second place, third place uh, podium. And my group was always on the top. And then there's be just like this bigger dude wearing a medal amongst these women. And everybody would be like, what's this guy doing up there? Is like, what's that about? He's a coxswain. Really? That doesn't make any sense. Anyway, I had such a good time doing that. And I actually won coxswain of the year in 2002 uh, for stepping up and, and filling that already winning a bunch of races. That's crazy. That's so awesome. I had no it idea. Was so much fun. Yeah, I haven't really told that story very often, uh, but it's it's. I'm glad I got to talk about it here. Wow. I mean, and that's the thing. I, you know, a lot of my audience does not. Do, they do not listen to business podcasts. They they are sports podcasts aficionados. But you know, I didn't know when I met you in Las Vegas how big you were. Like, and it probably actually helped me talk to you because I seriously, you were just some dude wearing a backpack that said "Hi, I'm Pat." I mean, because I didn't know anything <laughs> about podcasting in Las Vegas, so that's why I was delightful to like you and Chris Ducker because I'm like, who are these guys? Okay, whatever. And then I get home and I'm like, oh no way, they're that big. Oh man, I should have asked the mother questions instead of what I asked them. But I feel like, and I don't know if you feel this way, but uh, you know, you're obviously really way into business and entrepreneurship. That experience of you in that role and that leadership role and doing it in such a weird, wacky way, I wonder if that helped you kind of steer you into what you're doing now because what you did was you took a different approach to business and you said I'm going to take this one thing and and I'll summarize the story a little bit you know you were studying for an exam for an architectural exam and you were going to get laid off and so you decided I'm going to take what I did to to pass this really hard exam and teach other people how to do it and it started this empire and that's what you have and I'm wondering if those skills that you did you know in that leadership role helped with that at all 
I mean, you're probably very, very right about that. And I, I never even really made the connection there. But in that sort of weird situation with the women's team, you know, it was interesting because I wasn't I didn't want to do it. And it just was. But then it turned out for to be amazing. And every time something cool has happened in my business specifically, it has been something that really hasn't been the norm. You know, I've not really somebody who would normally be seen on stage, but now I'm doing really well with public speaking and really trying to focus on that. And then also with the podcast and and the blog of things, you know, I've kind of, you know, I've in a scrappy sort of way become very successful here. And I think, you know, kind of is summed up in that story there where, you know, I, I see these opportunities and once I get a little bit of, you know, motivation to do them and and I get convinced to do them, uh, you know, amazing things always happen on the other end. And, you know, that's, that's, the thing I've, with business and in life in general is that you know whenever you fear something whenever that resistance comes into play you know typically there's something amazing on the other end of that if you can break through that uh th- th- that threshold awesome because i think it's so true i mean look at like for example other athletes that have turned into great entrepreneurs because to be a successful athlete of any level and you know this actually probably leads into my next question you know it take, requires training and time and discipline and 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 stuff you know and sacrifice and you currently are training for a triathlon which does take an enormous amount of time to do it at a quality level mm-hmm. yeah i mean now i know that i need some help for a lot of the things that i don't know how to do so I didn't know how to do a triathlon. I, I was never trained in swimming and I was never trained in biking. I, I did get a coach when I ran a half marathon though. And I've always done that. Ever to conquer something, I've always reached out for help. And whether that's paid help or just you know asking for favors or whatever, um, I'm not afraid to understand that I have weaknesses and if I need to get stronger at them to find help. And so I've done the same thing with this one. I have, I have a virtual um, over Skype if you will. And he and I check in every day and he gives me the workout and we talk about what I eat and all that sort of stuff. And then I give him the results at the end of the in, end of the day in terms of my times or, or any of that stuff. And uh, the triathlon is this weekend actually. And he's going to be flying in to see how I do. And, you know, it's just a sprint triathlon. So it's a shorter one, but I, I really, this is uh, a cool new path for me because it's just, it's just so much fun. The training has been so much fun. I can't even imagine how fun race day is with the swim and then the bike and the run all in one and uh, you're right it does take a lot of discipline but i also know it takes mentorship and 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 asking for help when you need it too yeah by the time this episode airs you will be done so do you have any like kind of goals for the triathlon this time well you know i want to say i want to just finish it because i don't know what the times you know what good what are good times or bad times but i i want to post a better than average time. You know, I've been working really hard and I don't want to just finish it. I want to finish it in a, in a great time. I don't expect to fall, but I just expect to be hopefully at the middle of the pack or, or above. I think it's awesome, especially for your first one. I mean, I think that's a great goal because again, you know, you've got guys that do this professionally, like that's their job is to do this and they don't accomplish nearly as much. I just think again, just sheer fact that you sound like you want to have fun doing this. Like it sounds dreadful to me. I'm like, you want me to run and ride a bike and swim? No, thank you. Um, I'll watch. I'll pass out water cups. I've never been. <laughs> I'm always better spectator than I am athlete. And I think it's because I really, I, I fall down and hurt myself just walking. So that's interesting. No, I remember you were talking about training um, when we were in Dallas. So I mean, good luck. I think you're going to do fine. And I thank think you're so going to have a lot of fun. Because you have that mindset. I think that's that's the biggest thing and just in life in general is that, you know, whether and because life itself is a, is a marathon, you know, we can't sprint through it. Totally. So sometimes you got to get over those humps and those hills and those valleys and go, OK, I'm going to I'm going to pull myself through, pull myself through. Yeah. So mm-hmm. um, last thing. I mentioned this to you because I'm a crazy nut for my UVA men's basketball team. Turns out your basketball team and my basketball team play each other on December 22nd. Um, I'm very excited about this. I don't know if you're excited about it. I'm excited because I don't know. I don't think we're going to do very well. I have, I, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I'm excited just to see how it goes and reconnect with you. So you can tell me about how you crushed us. I could be very gracious and say, no, it'll be fine. But I'd like to remind you that last year, the University of Virginia men's basketball team held Harvard to like 12 points and a half. See, this I know. So that's why I'm saying this. Yeah. So, and I'm, I'm only saying that very smugly because our football team is so, so bad. Like, if your football team played our football team, it would be no joke. Like, you guys would totally like ram roll us all over. It'd be a bloodbath of UVA orange and blue all over the field. It just marching would be, band included, it was, right? 
Marching band is well, I don't know. Our marching band is pretty good. Okay, um, okay. Well, we need no, a battle no. of the bands or something. That would be awesome. Like we should do that. Or pet bands, you know, they, they can yeah. fly the pet band out. They won't be in a room because JPJ, um, where UVA plays all the time. But yes, I would gladly let you know. Watch it. I'm saying this now. We will totally lose. Okay. So I'm not. Gonna, <laughs> so I'm not gonna put any bad karma. I'm just gonna say it'll be interesting to watch. Um, but I thought that was like how convenient. Yay, UVA, because it was a last minute, um, scheduling thing. Um, mm-hmm. and it actually I found out about it after we had made arrangements for this this interview. I'm like, there it goes. The stars have aligned. It is. Perfect. It is meant and we can reconnect later and talk about it, and then kind of remember this awesome conversation we had. That's right. That's right. Okay. So Chargers start this weekend. Um, by the time again this airs, we will have, uh, you know, know how they're doing, at least for the first weekend. What's your expectations for the season? Uh, you know, we always, we always start off okay and then have a terrible November. Uh, but then December comes back and we, you know, Philip Rivers has, I think, the best December record of all quarterbacks the last five or so years. So I don't know. It's going to be an up and down season, but you know what? That's what life's all about. That what's, that's what business is all about. And so, you know, I'm just going to wish for the best and, and root my team on no matter what. All right. That's awesome. All right, Pat, if Galpal Nation wants to find out more about you and Smart Passive Income, where should they go? Well, thank you again for having me on the show. You can find me at smartpassiveincome.com or you can hit me up on Twitter at Pat Flynn. Yes, and he is very good about, um, you know, he t- has this whole podcast, a separate called Ask Pat. I can ask him all kinds of all kinds of entrepreneur questions. If you ask him about sports, he's probably not going to respond because he's busy being an awesome entrepreneur. Um, and you can also see he's he's literally got like blogs about everything business. I mean, I um, in my real life help 500 entrepreneurs at their job because I work with real estate agents, and um, a lot of times I send them links to your show. <laughs> and so Thank you. here, Thank you. here, listen to this and then we'll talk. I need you to have a baseline <laughs> of what we need to talk about before, you know, I can explain it. I'm like, no, let's ask Pat. Let's, let's, let's share that. So I do that for you. Um, it, you. it helps me. It helps me a lot. No, you have no idea how much time it saves me going here. Just listen to Pat Flynn. And then I have to say <laughs> what a podcast does. Yes. Awesome. Um, again, it is Pat Flynn. And again, the story goes, your elbow helped create this podcast. I didn't know if you knew your elbow was that po- that powerful, but it is. Well, I'll have to keep throwing them bows then. Can you just tell why I'm just so enamored with the guy? I mean, Pat Flynn is just terrific. Um, and again, I love that story of him on the women's rowing crew. I actually found a YouTube video he produced a couple years ago that is going to be embedded into the show notes at sportsgalpa.com. Um, but my favorite thing about Pat is how humble he is. He, um, you know, was just like, thank you so much for having me on. And I'm like, you're Pat Flynn. I would be stupid not to have you on. So if you have any aspirations in business at all, um, whether you want to make something yourself or like me who has to support other business people in their, your real life job, definitely check him out. Spartpassiveincome.com. I'm really approachable, really cool guy. And, um, again, Pat, I cannot wait to reconnect, um, hopefully after a UVA win. So on to my question of the week. I have gotten a lot of emails from Galpon Nation. Thank you so much about the rise of women in NFL. So this past off season, you know, for preseason, we saw that we had our first female coach. It was the interim coach. And then also now we have our first full-time female rep. It's a long time coming. So I actually had a conversation with one of the guys from Next Fan Up, Tom, the Chicago Bears um, super fan. It actually came up when I w- appeared on their episode um, with English Simon and Andrew Hirsch, both of whom are delightful. Um, but Tom brought up, and he had no idea that I was going to be on, about women and needing more of them involved in football in some capacity. So when I had him on for his two-a-day, we actually had a really lengthy conversation about the role of women in sports. And so I thought, you know, instead of me answering this question, you guys can just listen to that. It's a great, um, interesting conversation between myself and Tom. Very good. All right. And finally, Tom, um, we were recently on Next Fan Up together. I just wanted to give a shout out that you were so kind. Um, we talked a lot about actually women in football and you had some really interesting points and I wanted to kind of bring them up um, here since, you know, some of my audience may not have listened to the full hour and a half show we had together and this is a little bit more bite size. Um, we talked about, you know, the fact that you were listening to a color commentator on the NFL network and she happened to be a woman. Um, you want to talk about that a little bit? I, I sure do. I, I did wonder during the course of that broadcast, I, I kind of wondered at what point you regretted asking me to be on. So it's I, didn't, of, I didn't ask you on. I was a guest. That was Simon. On this podcast. Oh, no. We, 
up beforehand. Uh, I did go off on this. I, I have very strong feelings about this. Beth Bowens uh, happened to be doing the Raiders broadcast, and that was one of the games that uh, I was commenting on uh, during that podcast. And um, she did a wonderful job on the play-by-play uh, during that game. One of the best jobs of any announcer I heard all week. I didn't watch all the games, and I didn't see a lot of the premier announcers, but I thought I thought she did great. And um, I have very strong feelings about the role of, uh, of women in football because uh, as a fan, uh, I want to see the best product on the field that I can possibly see. And I think that, you know, I, I'm not calling for half the linebackers in the league to be women, but I think that when you look at the other positions that can be filled, scouts, uh, general managers, you know, referees, of course, we have our first ref- women referee, you know, uh, uh, play-by-play announcers. When you look at all these roles um, that can be filled, when you cut half the population out, um, you are never going to be seeing uh, the, uh, the best product available on the field that you can possibly see. And um, uh, so I, 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 I'm glad that the NFL has made progress in this area uh, this year, and uh, I hope it continues, but I really think it's it's really too little and that we should have seen more a, a long time ago. Um, so I, I have uh, some strong feelings about this. I also have a niece who is uh, like a sports management major or something like that, and when she told the family what her major was, I'm, I know I could read the minds of a lot of the people in the family. It was like, okay, so she'll be, you know, handing out scratch-offs at McDonald's in between times when she's flipping burgers, you know, or something like that. But uh, I genuinely believe that that is not going to be the case. I think she has uh, a chance to fill a very productive role in sports and something that will make, hopefully, the NFL uh, a whole lot better. Right now, she's an intern with the Blues, and I'm like, get a job with the Rams, and then you'll be with a real sport, and you give me some tickets. But uh, <laughs> I, I look forward to the day that she'll succeed in that career. And I think that uh, more and more every year as we watch things develop, that, that it's more likely that that'll be the case. And that uh, makes me feel uh, a little bit better about the future of the league in general. Yeah, they have to. Um, one of the reasons, and it's something I didn't bring up in the podcast, and I, I honestly it slipped my mind, but it's it's a fact that the last two years, ratings for the NFL would have been flat if it hadn't been for women. So women are actually the highest growing um, number of new fans for the NFL. And that's why last year, particularly the domestic violence issues became a real problem because that's yeah. an issue that direct oh, it affects everybody, but it's a real, you know, sensitive subject. So, um, yeah, I, I just, I mean, I wanted to personally say thank you um, because again, so too often, even today, you know, even though I have this podcast and I have all these guys, I can't tell you how many times, like, uh, we were just recently doing a fantasy football draft on Block Talk Radio, and someone asked me, you know, Ramona, have you ever played fantasy football before? And I'm like, of course I have. Um, you know, and, and it's just that kind of, and it's not, and it's an innocent question, but I get questions all the time, you know, when I'm wearing an Eagles jersey, oh, is that your husband's team? It's like, no, actually, he's a Raiders fan, and I watch more ESPN than he does, and I probably know actually more than what's going on than he does at this point because yeah. of just the way women are um you does, know does it bother you half the half you're okay you're right there's a an awareness that you know the the female audience is growing on television for the nfl just like it is for other sports like the olympics but what's really interesting and i'd love to know if this bothers you what they've done is they've changed the broadcast so that now you get more quote personal looks at the athletes and you get a lot of these really soft tearjerker stories you know this person came from nothing and you hear the sad music playing in the background and uh they try to soften the 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 broadcast because they think that that's what women want to see and it's almost like in my opinion they don't take they don't take you seriously as an audience does that bother you or am i off base on that I think you're a little off base. There's actually been research that's been done. There's a great book called, um, I think it's Fan- Fanista, and it's and it's a study. Women actually are story driven when it comes to sports, so that's why Olympic ratings are so high because we do follow the athletes and we learn about them and and we grow with them. So I think like it's a great way to actually bring in more female fans to share these kind of personal stories to have more of a, like again like we were talking about off air a more sociological view. 
of yeah. why fans are the way they are. You know, I know as a fan myself, I am not stats driven. Do I understand them? Sure. But I can't remember them. They confuse the heck out of me. But instead, I do know that, like, for example, we'll talk about the Manning brothers because it's one of the most compelling stories that has ever happened in the NFL where you had this, like, you know, man who basically created two amazing quarterbacks and, and, you can argue about whether or not one of them's a lead or not, but one of them has two Super Bowl rings. So, you know, that in my opinion, I'm like, that's better than most of the quarterbacks that are playing the NFL right now. Um, but watching their story and how he raised them and how they did that, and, and that to me is very fascinating. And it may be the sociologist to me, um, but I don't mind it. And now other teams, like, for example, Tampa Bay, they are doing this whole Tampa Bay Red Project where they're actually having seminars designed just for women to come in. They can talk to the GM. They can meet Tampa Bay legends. Um, and then they're having, like, um, expos for this product line with, like, um, you know, Tampa Bay fashion and craft projects and recipes for tailgating. A lot of female fans on the Tampa Bay um, message boards and on their social media hate it because they're like, you're treating us just like, you know, where this is what all women do. And I argue, you know, yes, there are those women who are, who think just like a guy does, they want to look at stats, figures, whatever. But I feel like there is a good portion of the women who are coming to the league via their husbands, their boyfriends, their fathers, you know, and that's the gateway in and they need a different way of understanding it. And so I feel like there's room for both. But what I do have a problem with, and this largely comes from really broadcast companies, is that there is not enough women doing what you and I have just done and having an intelligent, grown-up conversation about the sport. They use them as Barbie dolls on the sideline with a microphone to get a press clip, and so she's cute. And that's why one of my favorite broadcasting teams is actually Moose and Goose with Kenny Albert on Fox Fox Sports because there is because Tony Saragusa cannot be claimed to be a cute bubbly little girl <laughs> on the sideline. Um, and it's and instead it's three guys talking very intelligently about the game. And that's where I feel like we need to go. I think we need to stop relegating women to kind of like either being a showpiece where she's guiding the conversation and instead inviting her to actually have a real grown-up opinion, particularly when it's issues like domestic violence that actually affects women. So that's the kind of stuff that makes me mad. And I don't know if that's necessarily an NFL problem. I think that's a broadcasting problem. It, it absolutely is a broadcasting problem. I couldn't agree with you more, but I think your perspective is fascinating because this could be a genuine difference between men and women that I've never is never registered with me before. Um, as a guy, and I think I'm like most guys, I'm driven by not by stats because I, I think stats are worthless, especially in football, but I'm driven by what happens on the field. If you're going to talk to me about what happens off the field, I'm only interested in it in so far as it goes that it's going to affect what happens on the field. If, if I think that, you know, what a player's background is, is going to affect his performance in some way. And I don't mean bad or good. I mean, just some quality of the performance, you know, some extra aggressiveness or something like that, that interests me. But beyond that, I'm sitting there going, you know, going, okay, let's get through the soft stories and let's get to the game. Um, and, uh, I, I had never heard it put that way before that women are more story driven when it comes to sports and it kind of puts an interesting perspective on it. It's probably a genuine difference if you want to be general about it and the way that the, the two different groups think. Yeah. And I think again, the NFL, unlike the other sports leagues is really recognizing female fans. They are, they are light years ahead of the NBA light years ahead of baseball when it comes to really catering and cultivating a culture of female fans, because they're very smart because honestly, my husband is the luckiest husband in the world because he has a wife that has told him on Sundays, we're not doing anything else but watching football. And if we're not watching at our house, we're going to a sports bar and we're watching it and we're going to watch as many games as we can. Uh, you know, and more and more women are just like me going, you know what? I want to make a bunch of food. I want to have a bunch of people over. Let's watch football. And it's becoming this kind of cultural event. And the NFL is being really smart. The other te- uh, other leagues need to get on board and start cultivating more female fans the way the NFL does. Because honestly, it's what's driving the NFL growth. Yeah. All you have to do is walk into a Buffalo Wild Wings and you can see that it's working because there's a really good mixture of men and women in those bars watching the games. And in particular, if you're paying attention, there are a lot of families with a lot of little girls uh, who are in there. And so it, it really is progressing along. It's kind of a, it's kind of a neat thing. Yeah, I do. I do. And I feel like, honestly, it goes back to, I don't personally like Title IX, 
I don't think it's as effective as it needs to be. I think we need to readdress it. But if you look at the line to where the research shows, women who are 50 and older who weren't affected by Title IX are not as interested in sports. They're just not. But women who got that cutoff starting from like the, you know, when it happened in the 70s and beyond, and I was born in 1980, so this shows my growth, and had access to sports and other kind of athletic endeavors, they're interested in sports because then when they played sports, they understand competitive drive, they they get it. And you're going to see more and more girls as more and more girls play football, and there's a huge um, surge of young girls playing tackle football, of all things. Um, so there is a real desire for females to want to be a part of this game. We just have to find places in the room. And like I said on our podcast, sometimes it's very intimidating, to, you know, like regular terrestrial radio. And this is why I love having a podcast because I I know my local sports guy personally. I know I could talk to him one-on-one like you're doing off air. I am terrified to call in because I don't want to appear to be foolish because then it's like, oh, she's just a su- stupid girl. She's a you know, silly they girl. Put you, they put you right to the front of the line if you do. They I love know. women call in. I know, but still, it's an intimidation factor. I have no problem tweeting him, no problem Facebooking him. You know, I hell, I'm going to the UVA Notre Dame game with him, so I'm actually really good friends with him. But I still have never called in because of the fact that I just don't want to sound foolish. And maybe that's just me, but I feel like so many women, you know, whenever we try to talk sports with men, it depends on the guy. More and more, they're accepting it. They get it. They love it. But I still get every once in a while a guy going, asking me, are you sure you know what you're talking about? And then you have to prove yourself. So then you look like you're being a know-it-all. It's just, it's a catch-22. Yeah, I, I, I identify with this. And it's not unique to women, by the way. I don't call in generally to sports talk radio stations. Not because I don't know what I'm talking about or that I'm afraid that uh, I'll get on and sound like that. But they can make you sound like that. And I've actually had that happen before. And uh, it's very off-putting when that when that happens. So you're not alone in that. I mean, that pretty much goes across the sexes. But I think that, you know, you should probably call in. You could add an intelligent voice to what can be a very unintelligent medium. Um, if you listen to enough call-in shows, you know that you know, an awful lot of people out there don't know what they're talking about. And they're usually the most vocal ones. I don't know. I'm quickly becoming a podcast girl where <laughs> terrestrial radio... The pod Vader has corrupted me. I've come to his side of the force and I'm all about the podcast and you guys should be too. So Tom, if they want to hear more about you um, on next fan up, where do they go? Well, uh, I actually have a blog. It's at uh, bearing the news, all one word.com. And uh, I frequently post there uh, when I have time. And uh, also uh, my Twitter handle is uh, at T S H A N O O without the last N in my last name because I couldn't get that. And there, obviously, there was a T. Shannon in there. Um, and uh, you can contact me via that at any time. Um, and, of course, I'm at Next Fan Up, and I'm occasionally on the podcasts. And starting with the regular season, I'll be on twice a week as we preview games and then wrap them up. That's right. And you can hear Next Fan Up on Blog Talk Radio. It's blogtalkradio.com forward slash Next Fan Up. All the links to Tom's blog, his Twitter, and Next Fan Up will be on my show notes on blogtalkradio.com forward slash sportsgalpal or in sportsgalpal.com. Tom, again, thank you so much for coming on. And thanks for being such a gracious, you know, co-host when I came on to your guys' show. It was a lot of fun. This has been fantastic. Thanks so much. We ran long, didn't we? That's kind of fun. Yeah, I know. Well, again, you know, it just when you have a good conversation, I'm not going to stop it. Because, again, I feel like more and more people need to hear that it's not just me saying, hey, girls belong too." you know, like we have a voice. All right, gals and pals, that's it for today. Remember, don't hate the game. Just learn why the rest of us love it so much. To follow all things Galpal Nation, make sure you use the hashtag, hashtag Galpal Nation, and follow me on Twitter at SportsGalpal, or you can like the SportsGalpal Facebook page. And P.S. Fly, Eagles, fly! Let's show Atlanta why they may be rising. We fly above the competition. I'll see you guys on Thursday. Thanks for listening to the Sports Gal Pal Podcast. And be sure to check out sportsgalpal.com.